This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for making this part of your morning routines. It's very much appreciated. I hope you've had a really fantastic week. You've made it to Friday and uh, we can start to enjoy the weekend, which is certainly needed. Uh, it also means that it's just one week away now, nearly, until the Community Shield, which means it's just two weeks until the return of the Premier League season. I don't know about you, but I feel like this summer has absolutely flown by. Like We haven't had a tournament, no World Cup, no Euros to tie us over. I suppose you know the Women's World Cup has, has certainly whetted the appetite to some degree. Um, but we've had kind of, and that started, you know, very recently. Usually we see, uh, you know, the Men's World Cup kickoff in, in June and uh and early june at that so it's kind of really fills the gap whereas we've only really had you know competitive football though you know we've had the under 21s but even then i'm not sure the interest in the under 21s tournament was as high as what you know uh, a senior level tournament is like the women's world cup or like the normal euros and world cup but yeah it's flown around i feel it's really really gone quickly um and that is as i think been a real relief for arsenal because got the signings in got all the big three deals done Happy days indeed. Uh, good morning to Penny Wing. Good morning to Temi. Good morning to Martin, Stevie, Marcus. Uh, we've got Odin Relay. We've got Martin, Roisin. Uh, we've got Clock Orange. Uh, we've got Penny Wing, Damien. Good morning to you guys. Hawkwinds. Uh, who else? We've got Maximia, Steve. Uh, thank you, everybody, uh, for toning, uh, tuning in. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic week. I hope that you've enjoyed yourselves. And uh, yeah, let's crack on with today's stories. We start uh, with AC Milan and Inter Milan fighting it out to sign following Balogun. Now, despite the fact that uh, AC Milan have signed Noah Okafor from RB uh, Salzburg, it seemingly has not deterred them from potentially trying to sign Balogun. Inter Milan, we know of their interest in the player and we know, obviously, that the player's situation is very, very open to a potential exit was not included in the team to play against Barcelona. Arteta describing that as a reason for a foot injury. Um, but he's been training on his own, as reported by The Athletic. So who knows what's going on, you know, at the moment uh, with Balogun. But uh, I just want an end to this saga. I, I just want an end to it. I'm really kind of tired at this point of the of the constant kind of what if happens, you know, the, the politics of, of whether or not you use him in games and stuff like this. But for me, I, I just don't, I just can't <laughs> anymore with these sagas. It kind of gives you a little bit of a, you know, an insight into what it's like being a supporter of a club where Arsenal are continuously linked with a player uh, that they're trying to sign and you don't know whether or not the player is going to stay. But uh, 
it seems at least like this one continues to move towards a resolution. Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, Chelsea have had a fourth bid of £80 million rejected uh, out of hand immediately by Brighton um, for, uh, <laughs> for Moises Caicedo. This continues to be a deal that, you know, certainly uh, I think is a highlight and a case study for everyone that was really kind of criticising Arsenal in the, the process of the bidding for Declan Rice and for other players. I think it gives people some clarity around what it's like to negotiate with some of the clubs like Brighton, for instance. Um, you know, people said we should be acting like a big club with Rice and paying the money. Well, Chelsea are a pretty darn big club with a lot more money than us and yet still are low-balling, as it was critically described as. So, uh, Brighton are looking to hold on to Caicedo. They don't want to lose him, but there was that supposed promise to the player that he could make a move to a big club should a bid come in, but it seems that they want around £100 million. And to be honest, they're well within their rights to ask for what they want because he signed a brand new contract. They offered him a new deal and he took that new deal. And so at this point in time, why wouldn't they try and hang on to him? Why wouldn't they try and ask for uh, that triple million pound figure? It makes absolute sense. If I was if I was a Brighton fan, I would be very defensive of their tactics in the market in trying to keep hold of the player. You know, not holding the guy hostage by any means. We've not had like an open letter again from Caicedo saying to let him leave. We've not had anything public like that at this moment in time. Uh, unless he kind of handed in a transfer request, said things like he wasn't going to play for Brighton again. You know, things like that maybe. Um, but I suppose he wants to maintain something of a relationship but we'll see toward the end of the window how this affects things we'll see if Arsenal make any moves for Caicedo if indeed they feel as though 100 million pounds is something they're willing to spend although I'm not that hopeful uh Sven Mislintat Arsenal's former head of um kind of recruitment at the club who's now at Ajax and of course working with players like Mohamed Kudus has confirmed that there have been indeed inquiries made uh, about him, speaking uh, and quoted uh, yesterday to Ajax Life. He says, there are clubs that have informally inquired about him. I don't expect an offer very soon, although you know that things can be different in the world of football. Perhaps the interest uh, is not as serious as what everyone thinks. Uh, he was asked about kind of the how powerless Ajax are in, in kind of leaving and should their prices uh, be affected by that and he says there is no fixed deadline but there are agreements that we must have to get replacements if we do not have already done proactively their stay or sale also depends on what we will do next the best thing for if kudus and edson alvarez stay then we keep two top players but it is also possible that one goes or both it is important for us that the relationship with the players remains good this can be done by transparent, uh, by being transparent and applying good principles. As we get close to the deadline, the transfer fee, for example, goes up, which is a really interesting insight into, you know, doing deals early, supposedly being able to keep the uh, the player at the club. I feel as though it's also like uh, a bit of Mislintat telling clubs to get serious if they're interested to get their bids in now because the price is only going to go up towards the end of the transfer window because it makes it harder for Ajax to, of course, find a replacement. So let's see what changes in this file. Um, it certainly seems that both Arsenal and Chelsea are interested in the player. I don't have any information about who's, you know, uh, the player's preference. I don't think that's been stated at this point in time, not at least that I'm aware of. 
um, with reliable sources. But in regards to the Chelsea side of things, they're the ones that have made the most moves in regards to a personal side with the player, as according to David Ornstein. Uh, Arsenal, it seems, still a bit hesitant uh, at this moment in time, but still interested uh, in the player. Uh, Romeo Lavia uh, will not challenge Liverpool in the Lavia deal as Partey is expected to stay. And so Liverpool's second bid of around £40 million, including add-ons, was placed yesterday or is being placed this morning, it is expected. Uh, Southampton want £50 million, but that 45 might be enough to get this one done. But yeah, it is expected that Arsenal will not, according to Fabrizio Romano, um, get involved in this deal because Thomas Partey is now expected, it seems, unless there's a monstrous offer to uh, to stay at the club. So if you were hoping to see Romeo Lavia in an Arsenal shirt, sadly, sadly, I've got some bad news for you because it doesn't seem to be that Romeo Lavia will indeed be joining the club whatsoever. And lastly, our headline story of the day, Eran Torres was speaking after uh, the game against Arsenal, in which he, of course, scored after Rob Holding's mistake. And he was asked about his future, to which he said, it's very important for a striker to start scoring, to get off to a good start. I'm going to fight for a place in the team, and then it is up to the coach to decide my future. The names uh, linked with moves away are provided by journalists. I have a contract here. I'm going to stay. I don't care what anyone says about me. I'm going to work as hard as anyone else. Um, so certainly with Arsenal previously very interested in Ferran Torres, with reports even going as far back as the summer of last year, suggesting we'd even made a serious bid for Ferran Torres. It doesn't seem that Ferran Torres will be moving to Arsenal, uh, very committed to uh, playing at Barcelona, even though minutes aren't necessarily guaranteed for him. Um, so yeah, very, very very interesting indeed. He was also quizzed on whether or not it would be enough to compete with Man City in next season's Premier League title race. And he said, uh, and Arteta was asked about this. Uh, he says, I don't know. Uh, we need to score as many goals as possible. And if we have someone who scores 25, 30, 40 goals, great. Gabby Jesus today didn't score, but it's the best Gabby I have seen for months. Transmitting that energy, that belief, he was creating a lot of chaos, a lot of good moments and making everyone better. I'm really pleased with that and the contribution of Kai. He has that quality and that's why he's playing in that position with Leo Trossard. We have a lot of options up front and they are going to have to compete between them to give me a hard time. So it seems as though an option to bring in a forwards, despite links with players throughout the course of this window, it's not massively high on the agenda, an out-and-out striker, because Arteta feels he's got a lot of options. And he's right, he does have a lot of options uh, that can play in a centre-forward role. So let's wait and see what happens. Um, but Ferran Torres will not be one of those players joining Arsenal. Right then, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favourite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. 
Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. With it being just two weeks until the brand new season, it just it means also that it's just over two weeks until our live podcast event in North London at the Mild May Club in Newington Green. Uh, if you've not already got your tickets, there are still some available. Um, so I recommend getting down into uh, the description of the, today's video or going to my pinned tweets uh, on my Twitter account at the Green and Talk TV and grabbing yourself some tickets. It'd be great to see as many of you there as possible to join myself, Harry Simu. Uh, FK from Assay Firm, Mike Feinberg and Bailey Keogh uh, for what is going to be hopefully a very enjoyable evening. Right then, let's jump into the chat box then and see what you guys are saying. Um, Nourish says, hey Tom, which five Arsenal players would you classify as non-transferable? Bakaya Saka, William Saliba, Declan Rice, um, of the age profile, I know that people may go, Well, how can you not include Partey in that? Well, the age profile is the reason why. Um, Martin Erdegaard and Gabriel Martinelli, I suppose, is the other one. Um, I would include more, but you've asked me for five, so I've given you my five. Uh, let's go to uh answers prices can go up for late moves in the sense of panic buyers but could go down if players may be voted to cause disruptions to the upcoming campaign maybe like the mbappe situation still no movement on the mbappe situation we're still awaiting clarification on what's going to be happening with that one um franklin goodwin says arteta said his favorite word is transmit i'm not surprised uh i'm not surprised that's his favorite word at all uh, imagine says do you think saudi clubs will start attracting top managers um potentially uh i don't think we've seen a top top manager i'm trying to think i know that uh the salzburg coach is now going i know that obviously steven gerrard's gone there but i mean a top top level coach I'm trying to think of any of that have gone there. Um, Jose Mourinho was approached, I think, and turned down the opportunity. So I'm sure we could if top players are going like Milinkovic, Savic, etc. Um, then, yeah, I'm sure players could end up, uh, managers could end up going to uh, the Saudi league. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, I still think there will be a surprise at the end of the window and I think it will be a forwards. I agree. I think it will be a forward. It may not be a centre forward. It may be a wide forward. But uh, I, I think that that is the player that likely is most likely to come in. Uh, David says, Trossard reminds me of a more attacking Santi Cazorla. It doesn't dictate play from deep as much, but scores more goals and has a more of a killer instinct. I've made the likely uh, the likeness to, to Cazorla a number of times and agree with you, David. It is certainly that one. Uh, Omar says, I'm going to my first Arsenal game on Wednesday. It was a dream come true. Omar, I hope you have a fantastic time. I've also confirmed that I'm going to be at the Emirates Cup now on Wednesday, which I'm very excited for. So going to be at the Emirates Cup, going to be at the Community Shield. Um, I look forward to, if I spot anybody or anyone spots me, I look forward to saying hello and stuff like that. Emirates Cup's always kind of a feel-good factor day, very chill day, no 
consequences from the game. Just exciting to see football. It's an evening game, which is different for the Emirates Cup. The Emirates Cup usually takes place in the day, but with it being a Wednesday, um, obviously people work. So they've put the game in the evening uh, to allow the most people to go. So that's a bit of a difference. But I suppose if people aren't working, they can go to the pub beforehand, uh, but won't be going as much afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to the Emirates Cup on Wednesday. Uh, DR says, Tom, why don't you ever say good morning to me? Do you now want to have a do you now want to have a good one? I don't even know what that means. Uh DR, I probably just miss your comment. I usually scroll up to the top and go through like the first 15 or so comments. So if you're not in there relatively early, I'm missing it. But sometimes StreamYard also cuts off all the first comments. So I can't be held accountable for that, I'm afraid. Um, but you got a message read out there. Uh, Good Jake says, Tom, uh, just like to say thank you for your consistent grinding and keeping us up to date. Thanks, Jake. That's very kind of you indeed. Uh, VM says, are you worried about the defence? We have let in five goals in the past two games. No, not really. Um, I've got a certain degree of concern, but obviously we've been playing with different combinations. We've had Timber playing right back, left back. We've had Kivior playing. We've had Tommy Asu playing. We've had Ben White playing certain games. Um, Partey's been in some, Rice has been in others. You know, they're still learning. Uh, the pitches have been dreadful, uh, which have led to some individual errors that I don't think would happen on the Emirates pitch. So, no, I'm not VM. I'm not worried about the defence at this moment in time. Ask me, like, five games into the Premier League season if I'm worried about the defence, and then we'll have a better example um, uh, for that as well. So, let's wait and see. Uh, Maximir says, Hey, Tom, with goalkeepers like Anana coming in, we have some of the best goalies in the Premier League. Could you do a ranking of the top seven goalkeepers in the Premier League currently? Wow. You're going to be asking me to uh, embarrass myself by missing out somebody that I've forgotten about. Let me have a quick look at the Premier League table. So, top seven in no particular order. So, I'm not doing orders. Aaron Ramsdale. Um, Emmy Martinez, um, Amadou Anana, I think does go in there. Edison, Allison, <sighs> I'm, I'm scrolling to see. I, I feel like Jordan Pickford probably has to be in there as well for six. And I'm going to go David Raya, I think. I think that was my seven. Who have I forgotten? I feel like it's harsh on Burnt Leno, maybe. Harsh on Nick Pope, maybe. I'm not a big fan of Nick Pope. He's just he's a good shot stopper, but overall round goalkeeper in the modern day, it's not it's not there. So, yeah, I'm going to go Ramsdale, Emmy Martinez, David Raya, um, Anana, Jordan Pickford, Edison, Allison. That's what I'm going to go as my seven. So if anyone disagrees, feel free to disagree. I'm not putting Nick Pope in there. Uh, just not putting him in there. Um, did I say Amadou Anana? <laughs> Andre Anana, that's who I meant. Andre Anana, that's the one. Um, lots of Ananas going on in the Premier League now. I must say, I went to my first Arsenal game on Wednesday. That's what I meant. Oh, it was wonderful. Oh, sorry, Omar. I went to my first Arsenal game. Well, I hope you enjoyed it, mate. <laughs> I hope you had a good one. Uh, Vero says, if Arteta says the team is unsustainable and we are three weeks from the beginning of the season, how does that affect the team preparations? Um, I think that I think it's more talking about the, the kind of uh, I don't even know what he means by that. To be honest, did he say unsustainable? Let me have a quick look at the context of the uh, the comment. Last press conference. Where is it? Arteta. Here it is. 
unsustainable. Okay. On having a strong squad and any potential transfer movements, we have 30 players here, which is unsustainable. And obviously the market is still open and things can happen. But we are prepared. We are really happy with the squad we have at the moment. We obviously have improvements to make in terms of what we want to do in games. And we have to do that. Overall, I'm really pleased with the team. See, you see what I mean, Viraj, where it's really important to apply context to a full quote because saying if Arteta says the team is unsustainable three weeks away from the season does that affect preparations we need the full context so that was the full quote I don't think it affects preparations in terms of what the first team is going to be doing I think it certainly might affect the mindset of some players that are going to be left out of squads that's just the reality of the situation and so we need to make sure that we change that um Omar says, Alison, uh, Dave says no to Pickford. So this is why I don't do these types of questions. Because A, I embarrass myself by calling players by the wrong name. B, you end up ranking players into a top seven. You end up forgetting someone. You look ridiculous. And C, you end up saying players that people just don't agree with. I personally think that, that uh, Jordan Pickford is a better goalkeeper than Nick Pope. I'm just putting that out there. I personally think that Pickford is better than Pope. That's just my opinion. Just my opinion. Uh, I've seen Jordan Pickford effectively keep Everton in the league for the last two seasons, nearly single-handedly. So, you know, and I know he's been, I don't think he should be England number one. I think Ramsdale should, but, you know, still, I think Pickford is still a very good goalkeeper. Um, and I think he's really easily kind of underrated as, as a goalkeeper. Navas isn't in the league anymore. Benji's left, so we can't choose Kayla Navas at the end of the day um let's I think I've missed maybe I missed a super chat uh Alex says I think it's referring to the limits on the amount of players yeah it is so five players we've got to get rid of between now and the end of the season which is easy because it's Cedric Trusty Holding Laconga Tavares I've probably forgotten some Pepe who else uh Runnison you know so that's seven uh we've we've still got to move players on so there you go I'm not doing a poll <laughs> I don't need either. I don't need my ego stroked or dented. I don't need it either way, Dan. It's not happening. Um, let's go to DR says, did you enjoy Xavi's tears as he whined about the intensity? Bro wanted Arsenal to roll over and ended up getting spanked. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that, to be honest. Uh, Dara says, uh, what determines success next season? Is Arteta under pressure if we don't challenge for the title? Uh, we have to challenge. I think we have to give ourselves the best count possible to challenge. I want to see us close the gap with Man City. Man City operate at a level where their points tally across a full season isn't going to change that much. They're not necessarily going to improve. I don't see them ever. I don't see them getting to 100 points again. I think the, the league is far too competitive for them to get to 100 points again, personally. Uh, so I think they're going to be in around the high 80s, low to mid 90s. And so that improvement points-wise isn't really going to change. Arsenal ended last season on on what? How many points did we end last season on? Uh, it was... Dun, 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 dun. 84. So if we're ending the season on 84 points, I think we have to try and improve by six points. We drew six games and we lost six games. If we can turn two of those losses into wins, you're at 90 points. Also, won 26 games, a lot of games to win. You know, if we can turn those two of those losses into wins, then you've got 90. And if you think about it, um, the Brighton home game, I feel like we can win that. The Everton away game, I feel like we can win that. You know, so there are games. The Man United away game, I feel we can win that. You could arguably say that we could turn three of our draws against Southampton, who have now got relegated. Um, Newcastle at home. Um, and there's another draw that was really annoying as well. 
Southampton at home, Southampton home and away, you know. So those games, West Ham away, we absolutely could potentially have um, have got ourselves uh, wins in those. So I think that if we get to 90, that should be the target, 90 points. That's what we need to try to be aiming for. Um, <laughs> let's go to... Uh, yeah, Harvey, uh, I agree with you. David Ryer is easily in the top five goalkeepers in the league, I think. Um, Runison. <laughs> Throw Runison into the conversation. Um, let's go to... Uh, Vero says, oh, let's do a poll on what position the chat thinks we'll end at. Uh, no, I think it's fairly obvious. I think most people would choose second place. I think most people would choose that. Uh, Alex says, if you had to go for a forward, who would it be? Aside from Mbappe, as an unpopular opinion, I wouldn't want Mbappe due to the price tag. Uh, I've said, I think, a number of times that my choice of strikers lie with Colo Moani uh, of Frankfurt. I really like Gonzalo Ramos as well. Um, I think they would be the obvious choices um, for me in terms of bringing in a centre-forward. That's what I would like to see uh, brought in if we were. But they are very expensive and just not very realistic you know, at all. So not this window, at least. Uh, let's go to Lynn, says Tom. That Martinez has now been in two matches where he has taken players out deliberately to hurt them and Saka and Bellingham. So next season, he should have a few red cards in him. I hope so. I hope that it's stamped down on in, you know, excuse the pun, but I do hope that it is stamped down on and that it is kind of curtailed because he's a danger. He is a danger to players. And so hopefully we see... Um, hopefully we see the referees uh, kind of treat Martinez with a certain sternness because he is going to be uh, someone to watch next year in terms of tackling. Um, William says, do you think Man City's form could drop below last season? Probably not, no. I think they're a machine and will continue to be a machine and, and get as many points as they did, if not more, next season with Haaland even more acclimatised to the Premier League. is only going to get better. So, no, I, I don't think that it's expected that they will drop form at all. I know they've lost some players, some big ones in Gundogan and Mahrez, etc. But no, I don't think so. Um, Sega says are you worried about the lack of Deadwood that we're getting rid of no because as I've said for quite some time I do think that these are the types of players that move on towards the end of the window and I do think they will move on towards the end of the window uh, Lufty says he should be called the rabid mad dog instead of the butcher he is a bit of a rabid man isn't he he's kind of chaotic uh, Izzy says Tom this preseason's Ramsdale distribution has been questionable and also he has made some mistakes are you worried no as I said because of the pitches the way that they are Trying to play in, out from the back distribution-wise, it's far easier to go long. Uh, and that's why teams like Man United did that against us. When we've got our flat, nice surface at the Emirates, let's wait and see what um, Ramsdale does then. I think you're going to see his, his distribution improve significantly when we're playing on far better pitches than we've been playing on in America. Um, Penny Wynn says, have you heard any talk of referee improvements or rule changes? Um, 2023-24 rule changes, Premier League. Are there any rule changes? Uh, key Premier League rule changes for the Premier League season. Uh, the offside rule. One of the most significant changes this season is the clarification of the offside rule. The updated laws of the game state that a player who is clearly offside should not become onside on every occasion when an opponent moves and touches the ball. Although this change was made last summer, it has now been officially incorporated into the laws. The aim is to provide clarity regarding whether a defender deliberately played the ball or if it deflected off them. However, the wording of the rule remains open to interpretation. 
by difference match official. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, unsporting behavior. Starting in August, players can avoid receiving a card for unsporting behavior if the referee is certain they made a deliberate attempt to win the, ta- the ball in a tackle. The exact definition of what constitutes unsporting behavior in this context is somewhat ambiguous. Essentially, if a player concedes a penalty while attempting to play the ball, they will not be shown a red card if the match officials believe it was a genuine attempt. I don't think that's a... I thought that was already the rule. (laughs) Goalkeeper conduct. Goalkeepers will no longer be able to engage in mind games during penalty shootouts. The new rules state that they must not behave in a way that unfairly distracts the kicker and fails to show respect for the game and the opponent. This includes actions such as delaying the taking of the kick or touching the goalpost, crossbar or net. However, the interpretation of these rules may vary from referee to referee. It'll be interesting to see how this affects the behaviour of goalkeepers with Emmy Martinez, known for his antics at the World Cup, potentially being the first to fall foul of our new regulations. So there you go. That's quite an interesting change that I wasn't aware of. Penalty spots, and uh, that's going to be very interesting indeed. Um, goal celebrations is the last one. In an effort to crack down on time-wasting, referees will now add additional time to make up for celebrations that cause a delay in gameplay. While there is some discretion involved, this change aims to discourage teams from taking too long to stop celebrating a goal. The extra time will be added at the end of the half. So there you go. That's the four changes that apparently are being brought in and that article is by the Manchester Evening News if you want to go and read it in your own time. So there you go. Alex says, I really hate how everyone is putting pressure on Ramsdale as a result of one mistake against United. Literally made no mistakes otherwise, I know. It's just the way it goes. Ramsdale is an easy target for people, and uh, often people take that chance to uh, point the finger at him, sadly. Um, Lynn says, my surprise for the forward could be Kane, because Levy has had so much stick from his fans. Nothing would surprise me if his, if the price was right, that he would sell, and you know Arteta plays his cards very close to his chest. Lynn, I'd be shocked if Kane ends up at Arsenal, but I enjoy the theory. I think it would cause Spurs fans to go into something of a significant meltdown. Um DR says, why can penalty takers vary their run-ups? That's disrespect towards the goalkeeper. I don't know. That's not really cracking down upon enough. I personally think that a stutter, kind of the shimmies, the little steps that they do, I think it should be cracked down. I think a, a penalty taker should just run up to the ball and kick it. If a goalkeeper is not allowed to use any antics in the goal, the penalty taker shouldn't be allowed to use any antics either. And that includes our own very our very own Jorginho. I think a player should run up to the ball and kick it. I suppose maybe Jorginho is a bit of an exception to the rule because it's a fluid motion, but yeah, stuttering needs to be cracked down upon, in my opinion. It's not fair uh, during penalties for a, a player to stutter in a Premier League, in a uh, in a run. I think a run up should be fluid. So Jorginho is going to the extreme end of the rule because he runs up, skips, kicks. Like it's not a run up, stutter, then kick the ball. I feel like it should be one fluid motion when taking a penalty kick. So there you go. Uh, Phil says Jesus should be taking penalties. Right, let's do this. Because this has been something. Now, Eduardo Hagen yesterday tweeted out, should there be a discussion around the penalties for Saka? Now, I'm, I was really irritated to see this. And this is part, in my view, this is something, and this is not a personal attack on Eduardo, just to put that out at the beginning. But in my opinion, obviously accounts to have a massive following. I personally don't think always take into consideration the impact of having hundreds of thousands of followers and putting out a question that really, in my opinion at least, doesn't need to be discussed. 
there isn't a discussion to be had about the penalty taker. The penalty taker is Saka. He's missed two penalties for us at Arsenal. One of them was in a game that didn't matter, and one of them was in a game that really did. Messi, Salah, Ronaldo have all missed penalties. The best players in the world have missed penalties. And yet, all of a sudden now, this is creating a discussion whereby people are making mistakes about like the, the, who should be taking penalties. Gabriel Jesus. Anyone want to guess Gabriel Jesus's penalty record, for instance? Because I guarantee you, a lot of you might get it wrong without Googling. Would you know how many he has scored compared to how many he's missed? And I mean in all games, right? So we'll include friendlies and, and whatever. But from 2018 to 2022, uh, sorry, from 2017 uh, to 2022, how many penalties do you think Gabriel Jesus has scored? And how many do you think he has missed? Um, and I'll come back to the chat box in a second. But imagine this. Saka is on great form at the moment. Form-wise, fantastic. Looks great in every game he's played so far. He's electric. He's dazzled. He's been getting into really dangerous positions. He's scoring goals. He's creating chances. He looks our most dangerous threat. And what is the reaction? Take him off penalties. Like, What kind of impact do we think that's going to have on him from a mental standpoint? You know, don't you don't need to change something that doesn't need changing. You don't need to risk the impact of a mental side of a player, you know. Now, Gabriel Jesus has missed seven penalties and scored six. He's missed more penalties than he has scored. And yet I've seen a number of people suggest that somehow now Jesus, who's got a worse than 50% success rate with penalties, should be taking penalties. I've seen some people suggest that Martinelli was our uh, penalty taker before Saka was, which again is not true. Martinelli's taken one penalty for us and it was in the Everton game at the last end of the season when nothing was being played for other than I think it was like the Champions League you know, situation. But, you know, Spurs had already basically wrapped it up and were playing Norwich. So it was a next to a nothing game for us. Martinelli took the penalty in that game. But Saka had taken a penalty before that uh, as well. For me, if Jorginho is on the field, which is very rare, there's a good argument for Jorginho because he's very good at penalties. But Jorginho doesn't start for us. And because of that fact, the starter in the team is Saka. And of all of our starting players, Saka is the one that, you know, should absolutely be taking the penalties. If there was a penalty shootout and it was a decisive one, I'd probably give it. To, I'd probably start off with Jorginho taking the first penalty kick in a shootout. But Saka is our penalty taker. You know, I I just, it, for me, it doesn't, it, it's not a discussion because why generate any further um, question marks around Saka? Why generate that discontent, that question, uh, that question mark around Saka? I just don't think at all that there needs to be a discussion. I don't think fans need to be encouraged to have that discussion either, which I know is ironic considering we're talking about it, but it's out there in the ether thanks to plenty of, of others as well. So I wanted to tackle it. It's just for me, it's not a discussion. Saka continues to take them. Don't dent his confidence. Don't ruin the momentum that he has and give him the opportunity to score the next one. If he was to miss like three, four, five in a row in competitive games, then sure, we can have a chat then. But after missing one at the end of last season and then missing another in a meaningless friendly, it's just not a discussion. It's it's just not a discussion at all. Anyway, uh, we're going to end the show there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, even if you haven't, I still appreciate that you're tuning in and dropping a like on the video, subscribing, 
all of that good stuff. It means a hell of a lot. Um, please, if you haven't already done so, and you're going to be in London on the weekend of the first Premier League game, you can join myself, Harry Simeon, FK, Mike Feinberg and Bailey Keogh at the Mild May Club in Newington Green. Uh, there are some tickets left down in the description, so I encourage you to get your hands on them if you haven't done so already. Bring your friends, bring your family if you would like. All are welcome. You can bring, uh, it's not over 18 either, um, so you can bring your kids if you would like. Um, it's, you know, this is a family channel, so we weren't going to separate that um, and not allow uh, people to bring their, their younglings if they wanted to. So uh, just to make that one clear to people as well, if they were not coming because they've got to look after the kid or whatever, uh, if they're an Arsenal fan, if they enjoy football, bring them along. I'm sure they'll have a great time. Uh, but thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. I hope that you have um, a fantastic uh, day and Friday. And of course, um, actually, I've just spotted something. I've just spotted something in the chat box. More than a wheelchair, says Tom. Do you work for Arsenal? In recent months, you sound more of a PR puppet than ever. I'm so glad this comment i caught this before i ended the show i was so glad i caught this before i got and left the show i'm gonna make this very very clear <laughs> very 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 clear i do not work for arsenal <laughs> i have never had any intention of working for arsenal i work as a journalist which is kind of the complete opposite of working for arsenal <laughs> you know it's not if you're a journalist, if you're someone that's free thinking, you know, I can be critical of Arsenal and have done. And at the end of the day, if I was working at Arsenal, being critical, it's not it's not going to be the same, is it? It's going to be very difficult. If you're working for an employer, you're not going to be able to be critical. So when I said at the end of last season that Partey had not been good enough, that uh, Saka had dropped, uh, dripped in, dripped, dropped in form, um, that decision-making by Arteta in terms of substitutions and rotation wasn't good enough. That in the way in which we've approached the market in recent seasons, in some ways, in January 2021, not good enough. It's a really lazy comment. And it gets on my nerves and it gets on the nerves of people I know, like Harry Simeu and others, that just because you know we defend in some cases, that we get this accusation of PR puppet. It's really boring. It's really, really boring. Um, and lacks any kind of reasonable thinking at all. So all I would say to yourself is get your head screwed on a little bit tighter. Realise that we can be critical and realise that you might have a different opinion to us. And just because that we have a different opinion doesn't mean that somehow we must be working for the club. It's a really irritating and lazy point of view. Um, so, yeah, I hope that addresses any doubts anyone may have had about the clarity of my position on where I am. Um, so there, there you go. Trust me, I don't think the club would want me <laughs> for some of the things that I've criticised in the past. I'm not sure they would, um, but they're very accommodating to me when I go as a journalist and they're very accommodating to me when I ask the questions that need to be asked. So there you go. Um, but yeah, there's no PR, so behave yourselves. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy uh everything else that's going on in your worlds and um yeah uh don't forget to to go and donate to the arsenal foundation make sure you support arsenal never criticize them ever 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 because they're perfect and have done nothing wrong ever see you later and as always 
of the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.